Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. This worldwide pandemic has wreaked havoc on so many facets of life. One of the most damaging is our inability to be with one another. First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan addresses this in his sermon, Face to Face. Good morning. Ooh. Good morning. All right. Good morning. I'm Chris Pan. I'm the executive director of the church. It is so nice to see you all here in the sanctuary and also you online. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving and happy first Sunday of Advent. Uh, I'm really excited to be preaching on this Sunday because I feel like we get uh, to celebrate two Sundays um, today, uh, or two holidays. Sorry. Is my mic working? Okay, good. Too much? uh, two, two holidays, we get to celebrate Thanksgiving, which was a few days ago, and think about all the things that we're thankful for and all the blessings and all the people. But also we get to celebrate the first Sunday of Advent and look forward to Christmas and the coming of Jesus both at Christmas and also in the second coming. Um, as Pastor Tim mentioned earlier, in the Christian calendar, Advent uh, is celebrated in a few weeks up until Christmas. It's the Latin word for coming. And uh, Christians have been celebrating Advent since the fourth century. Uh, And so we join with millions of Christians around the world today and also across history and time and space as we celebrate Advent. Uh, As a church, we light Advent candles every week leading up to Christmas. So thank you, Johanna, for your wonderful testimony, um, reminding us that Jesus is a light in dark times. Uh, Our scripture passage today is from 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 9 through 13. And 1 Thessalonians is a book in the New Testament of the Bible. It's actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his friends in the city of Thessalonica. Uh, I'm going to have to say that super slow. It's a good uh, verse for me because I'm going to have to say Thessalonica, and it'll slow me down uh, throughout this morning. Um, But in this letter, Paul is grateful for his friends. He loves his friends. He misses his friends, and he wants to see them again. Uh, And I think it's very timely, this passage, for where we are right now, Uh, emerging from the pandemic. We're grateful for and we're missing our friends uh, and loved ones. We're longing to see each other again uh, in person. And especially during the holiday season, I think we long uh, for and we're grateful for the people that we miss. Uh, As we go through our passage today, ask yourself uh, these two questions. One, what is God saying to me? And two, what does he want me to do about it? What is God saying to me? What does he want me to do about it? Please join me in prayer. God, may you speak to us now. Open our ears and open our eyes. We invite your Holy Spirit now into this sanctuary, into our homes. May your Holy Spirit not just inform us, but inspire us, transform us. We open ourselves to you. We pray this in the faithful name of Jesus Christ and all God's children say, Amen. Our passage today is from 1 Thessalonians 3, 9 through 13, from a letter from Paul to his friends. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. 
And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a great letter. Uh, This is just a snippet that we're looking at today. But the whole letter is very encouraging. Um, And so let's get some historical context about uh, when and how this letter was written. Uh, The Apostle Paul is a missionary, and he lives in the years after Jesus' death and resurrection. He travels around, and he preaches the good news that Jesus is the Messiah um, to people who have never heard about Jesus. Uh, Here's a map of um, Paul's second missionary journey. Everybody loves maps, and so here's one today. Um, The context for our passage today is that uh, Paul and his friends Silas and Timothy uh, have traveled to Macedonia, which is in this upper left-hand corner of uh, the map up there. It, which present day, it's present-day Greece. And they've traveled to the city of Thessalonica up there. And Paul had started off in Jerusalem. So he's made this trip all the way up there. And all of this laid, is laid out in the, um, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, uh, chapters 16 and 17. And so Paul preaches in the city of Thessalonica at their synagogue for three Sabbaths. And he preaches about how Jesus is the Messiah. And many Jews and many Greeks actually come to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus because of Paul's preaching. And so Paul spends time there, living with them, working with them in Thessalonica. Uh, And that's the start of the church there, in that city. (laughs) But certain leaders in the synagogue are jealous of Paul. Uh, And so they get a mob together and they chase Paul and Silas and Timothy out of the city. Uh, the NRSV translation says they uh, get a, a band of ruffians together, which I love because you don't often get to use the word ruffians in everyday life. And so Paul, Silas, and Timothy, uh, they have to escape Thessalonica. So they head to the next city, but the leaders of that synagogue, they raise up a mob in that city too. So Paul and Silas and Timothy have to flee again. And so they head to Athens and then they head to Corinth. And finally at Corinth, Paul has a chance to take a break, sit down at a desk, and write a letter back to his friends that he made in Thessalonica, uh, to those first followers of Jesus there. Uh, And this is the first letter that Paul writes. If you're familiar with your Bible in the New Testament, all those books in the back of of the Bible, there's 13 letters there that Paul writes to the Colossians and Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians. This is the first letter that Paul's writes here to the Thessalonians. And what does Paul say in this letter? Paul expresses how much he loves those believers in Thessalonica, how much he misses them, how much he worries about them. He wonders how they're doing, especially in the face of difficult times. Uh, Paul longs to see them again. He wishes uh, and prays the best for them and for their spiritual growth. And I think our passage is perfectly timed for today, the Sunday after Thanksgiving and the first Sunday of Advent, the Sunday after we uh, welcomed our uh, Ohana ministries back last Sunday and celebrated Raise the Sails, and this Sunday where we are in the pandemic as we emerge. Um, The first line in our passage, verse 9, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before God because of you? Paul is full of joy thinking about his friends. And so before we leave Thanksgiving behind and go buy Christmas presents, can we take a moment today just to be thankful for the people that we have in our lives, the incredible people that God has put into our lives? Can I tell you how much we as a church church staff are thankful for you, how full of joy we are because of you, how long we have missed seeing you, how long uh, we just care and love you, 
Um, can you think of someone in your life that has brought you joy either this past week or this past year? Someone that you can't thank God enough for, uh, for the joy that you feel before God because of them. Maybe God is, someone, maybe God is putting someone on your heart right now uh, that you can reach out to after this service and tell them how thankful you are for them. Paul's letter emphasizes that these relationships, that these people, they are a gift from God. Uh, they are a gift of God's generosity to us. And that we don't relate to our fellow Christians on our own. Um, that we don't stand alone in our relationships. We relate to each other because of God, because of Jesus Christ, our mediator. As Christians, we come to each other only because of Jesus. The pastor and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, A Christian comes to others only through Jesus Christ. Without Christ, there is discord between God and man and between man and man. Christ became the mediator and made peace with God and among men. Without Christ, we should not know God. We could not call upon him nor come to him. But without Christ, we also would not know our brother, nor could we come to him. Christ opened up the way to God and to our brother. Paul recognizes that our relationships with fellow Christians, these relationships are never two-party relationships. These are three-party relationships. Jesus is the mediator between us. Our relationships are made possible, and they're held together by God himself. We have a tradition in our house that when somebody celebrates a birthday, we go around at dinner and we each say something that we appreciate about that person. Uh, and it's probably not your birthday today, but um, can you give voice to this gratitude that you have for somebody who's brought you joy uh, this week or this year? Can you give gratitude in two directions? Can you thank God for that person, for putting that person into your life? And can you thank that person? Can you reach out to that person and say, thank you for being in my life. Thank you for the joy that you bring me in your life. And you can do this the way Paul did it, either by writing a letter uh, or sending a text or email, or better yet, you could do it in person, face to face. Uh, when I read this passage, the phrase that really stuck out to me was face to face. Verse 10, night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. That we might see you face to face. Uh, we have lived in a pandemic for too long. Uh, I am tired of it. I'm sure you are tired of it too. Uh, I am tired of Zoom meetings uh, and life lived on screens. Um, quite honestly, even before the pandemic, I think we as a culture were trending more to face the screen than we were towards face to face. And the pandemic has only accelerated that. Uh, and Paul is praying night and day constantly that he might see the Thessalonian believers face to face and encourage them on their journey of faith. And so it is with us. We are a community of faith. And we long to see each other face to face so that we can encourage each other on in our journey of faith. Um, as great as it is to have Zoom and FaceTime and all these technological tools to connect us, it's not the same as being face to face. It's not the same as being in the real presence of another person. Uh, one of the, my favorite things from the pandemic is this video uh, of a court hearing in Texas. Uh, and like so much of our lives this past year, it, this court hearing had to take place on Zoom. Uh, and so you'll see how it highlights how being face to screen is just not the same as being face to face. Um, I love this clip. It is a civil forfeiture case. Um, 
and you'll see uh, it's a judge and three lawyers. So you'll see the three lawyers, you'll hear the judge's voice, uh, and you'll hear the judge speaking first. Uh, this is the video from the actual court hearing that was posted and tweeted out by the judge himself. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to uh, uh, take, take we're a trying look. To, we're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. I can I can see that. Um, I think if you click the up arrow next to this. <laughs> I love that clip gets applause. <laughs> uh, there are so many things I love about that clip. Uh, it's just wonderfully hilarious. I love um, how distressed that kitten looks. I, I love how his eyeballs are downing over. I, I love how the lawyer above is just like not paying attention at all until the guy says, I'm not a cat, at which point he, he looks up. Um, I love that I'm not a cat is exactly what a cat pretending to be a lawyer would say. Uh, there's so many things I love about that video. Um, but I think the reason I show it because it illustrates the absurdity of the crazy world we've been living in during the pandemic with our life on screens. I don't think we're supposed to be living our lives mediated through screens. When you're face to face with someone in court or in church, you don't need to tell them, uh, I am not a cat. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, Paul wasn't content sending letters to the Thessalonians. He wanted to see them face to face. And I think that's especially true about the nature of church, about Christian community. Uh, as wonderful as online services, and I think, is, I think church is most fully realized when we are sharing our lives together in community face to face. When we're asking hard questions of each other, when we're inviting others to ask hard questions of us, when we're opening our lives to each other and sharing our lives, uh, encouraging each other to take the next, journey in our, next step in our journey of faith, I think that all happens most fully when we are together face to face. And I understand there's lots of good reasons um, to be uh, watching our online services, uh, watching the live stream instead of coming in person. People with mobility issues or health issues, people with health vulnerabilities or um, concerns about being in large groups, people who are tuning in from other states or countries. I get it. I think those are good reasons to watch the live stream. But there are also some not so good reasons to watch the live stream. Uh, wanting to stay in your pajamas as long as possible on a Sunday morning uh, because it's raining. Uh, or, you know, I stayed up too late watching Netflix last night. Um, I get it. I've lived through the pandemic too. <laughs> I get it. Like, why would you would want to stay home and watch the live stream instead of coming in person? But we made a deliberate decision at the beginning of the pandemic that First Prez Honolulu is a local church, um, that we weren't called to build a media empire, that we, First Prez Honolulu, are called first and foremost to serve this island and this community, and the people on this island and in this community in Oahu who have never heard about the good news of Jesus Christ. We're called to serve the people here on Oahu who need to hear the love of Jesus. That's why we're here. And if you're from the mainland or overseas, we're delighted that you're watching. Please keep joining us, but we encourage you to find a local church where you are, where you can get involved in community, see people face to face, participate and serve in community with real people. Serve with people who won't need to tell you, I'm not a cat. Church isn't something you watch. Church is people together, living life together in community.
on a mission. Church has no spectators. We are all participants and players. Uh, that highlight video during the announcements showing last week's uh, Raise the Sales celebration, um, it so beautifully captures what Paul is describing and longing for, this desire to see his friends face to face. Here are some more photos that we'll scroll through as I continue to talk from last Sunday. It was so good to be together last week because it's, it's starting to finally feel like church again. The energy and the fun and the laughter Someone who joined our church only during the pandemic asked, is this what it was like? Is this what it was like? Yes. The answer is yes times 10. People worshiping together, living life together, in community, on mission, kids everywhere. The church is the incarnate body of Jesus. And so thank you to Roz and Shana Kusumoto and Roselia and the people who put on last Sunday's celebration. Thank you to Shelly Germain and her team of people who came and decorated our sanctuary and our building for Christmas um, the last few days. The church is the incarnate body of Christ. And Jesus didn't observe our lives from a distance. Jesus came to earth in a human body, incarnate, and walked with us and lived with us face to face. And so I encourage you, if you're at home watching Get back into a local church if you are able to serve and worship in community together. Either this one or one near you because the church is meant to be together face to face. Paul continues with his letter with this beautiful prayer. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Verse 11, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Again, Paul is longing to be physically present with the Thessalonians. And his prayer here is great. Um, many times we pray only when we are in need of rescue. Uh, we pray when something terrible happens or we're in a bind. And that's when we pray, God, save us. And that's fine. God hears those prayers. God loves those prayers. But during the ordinary things of life, the day-to-day -day things of life, we don't pray. We think we can handle those things on our own. Paul's prayer here is different. It shows a life infused with prayer and the presence of God in all things, even in the ordinary things. Paul isn't praying for God to rescue him. Paul is praying for God to direct him. It's a beautiful prayer. May God direct our way to you. Paul knows that God is in charge of the everyday, ordinary things of life. And so he prays to God to direct him in the everyday, ordinary things of life. Is it okay to pray for a parking spot? Yes, it is okay to pray that God may direct you in the everyday, ordinary things of life. Paul prays for direction because he has already experienced God providentially working out the details of his life. We talked earlier about how Paul, uh, where he goes after he leaves Thessalonica. Thessalonica. <laughs> um, do you know how Paul ended up in Thessalonica in the first place? Um, let's bring that map back. In Acts chapter 16, Paul, Silas, and Timothy are up here in Troas, uh, near that word Asia. Uh, this is modern-day Turkey. Um, and Paul thinks he should go back east because in all his previous travels, he's been back east, around Antioch and Lystra and Derby. Um, but when he tries to go back east, the text in Acts 16 says, 
the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Quote, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And so Paul goes to Troas and waits, and he listens for God to direct their next move. And during that night, Paul has a vision, a dream, a man in Macedonia who says to Paul, pleads with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so Paul and his friends cross the Aegean Sea, and they head over to Macedonia in the west to these cities, including Thessalonica. This is what it says in Acts 16, verses 7 to 10. When they, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When Paul had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Paul knows that God is more than a rescuer. Paul knows that God is a God who directs. Paul's journey to Macedonia is directed by God, and this is the introduction of Christianity to Europe. Christianity spread throughout Europe traces back to this moment when Paul, listening to the Holy Spirit and to his dream, heads west instead of east. God is a God who not only rescues, he is a God who directs. And do you hear Paul's prayer a little more fully now? Can you hear Paul's faith in a God who directs? Verse 11, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Do you know today that God is a God who not only rescues, but directs? Do you want to live a life that's not just a God-rescued life, but a God-directed life Are you looking for direction today? What to do, where to go, what that next step might be? Can we pause today and this week and listen to the Holy Spirit and pray, listen and pray, God, direct our way. My mother-in-law does this all the time. Uh, My wife told me that um, she wants to go buy a gift for her grandson who lives in California. Uh, My mother-in-law is one of these faithful church ladies. And so she went to Alamoana and she prayed, Lord, Direct my way. She's at the Alamona Mall. She's listening to the Holy Spirit. She walks around the mall, and she ends up in the Disney store, and she finds a Lightning McQueen backpack on sale. She buys it, sends it up to um, my, uh, uh, her grandson, my uh, four-year-old nephew. And my four-year-old nephew loves this backpack so much that he never takes it off. <laughs> God, direct my way. In the big things and in the little things. And now the final verses in our passage. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Paul concludes this prayer for the Thessalonians by praying that their love might increase and abound for each other and for all, just like his love, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, just like their love abounds for the Thessalonians. And this idea of love for one another and for all, increasing and abounding, it reminded me of a verse that we looked at last month. Jesus speaking to his closest friends on the night of the Last Supper, the night before he was crucified. Jesus says this to his disciples and his closest friends. He says in John chapter 13, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, it's almost as though love one another is a big theme in the Bible. 
Love one another. It's a commandment from Jesus. It's a prayer from Paul that we increase and abound in love for one another and for all. What are we doing calling ourselves followers of Jesus if we are not abounding in love for one another? It marks us as followers of Christ, that we love one another. There's a passage in another one of Paul's letters to the Corinthians, um, to the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians 13, it's about love. And if you've ever been to a wedding, then you have heard this passage. Um, And at the end of this long passage on love, love is patient, love is kind. Paul concludes like this and reminds me of our themes today, being face-to-face and love. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face-to-face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. Mirrors back then were just polished metal, uh, and they weren't very effective. And so what we see now and understand now is just a pale, dim reflection. But one day in our future, we will see face-to-face. Not face-to-face with each other, like we talked about earlier, but face-to-face with God himself, face-to-face with love himself. Face-to-face not mediated by screens and not mediated by this ordinary life and all its brokenness. One day we will be face-to-face with God, fully and completely. And so at the end of our passage in Thessalonians, Paul prays for God to strengthen the Thessalonians and keep them set apart for God, belonging to God and God only. He prays that they might be fully belong, they might fully belong to God at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And just like that, Paul has moved from Thanksgiving to Advent, just like us. He starts by giving thanks for the people in his life, longing to see them face to face. He prays for God's direction and love, and then he concludes looking forward to the coming of Jesus Christ, not just in Christmas, but again, his second coming when he returns in glory. Happy Thanksgiving, and happy first Sunday of Advent. Will you join me now in prayer? God, we give you thanks and praise. We thank you that you are God worthy of our praise and our trust. And we thank you that you long for us, that you know us. We thank you that you've given us good gifts and the best gift of all that you've given your son to us, that we may be reconciled with you and that we might see you one day face to face. We thank you for the gifts of people in our lives, the people who have brought us joy and bring us joy. May we reach out to them and share your love with them today and this week. And God, I pray, knowing that there are people here in this sanctuary today or online who have never met you, who have never committed their life to you. And so if that is somebody here today, I invite you to join me in this prayer. of sorry, thank you, please. God, I'm sorry for the things I've done in my life. Thank you for making a way to be reconciled with you through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Please come into my life and be my God for now and forevermore. If that's you and you've prayed that prayer, if you're online, please click the chat button. And if you're here in the service, please find me after the service. I would love to pray with you directly. For the rest of us, God, we just pray that we might
take your presence with us into the world today. That we might see you at work and join you there. May you be glorified now and forever. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's children say, Amen. If you would like prayer at the conclusion of this service, if you're online, feel free to click that button to request prayer. If you're here in the sanctuary, there are members of our prayer team who would love to pray with you through those lanai doors. And now receive this final blessing. May the love of God our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. And all God's children say, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Have a great week. If you're here in the sanctuary and you've got an extra 10 or 15 minutes after the service, please stick around and help out the tech crew cleaning up some cables. They would really appreciate it. Serve and meet somebody new face to face. God bless you. Have a great week. The Apostle Paul visited his friends and then later longed to be back with them. We can look forward to seeing Jesus face to face when we'll experience his glory. If you want to catch up on or re-listen to previous services, you can find past sermons on our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Pres sermons on most major podcast services and now on YouTube. In-person worship continues and some ministries have resumed at church. There are two live services at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. If you want to participate, we ask that you sign up through the website on a weekly basis. And both services will be streamed live on the church websites. Once again, those sites are fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Sign up for First Pres emails where you can get links to sermons, daily devotionals, church news and updates, registration for in-person worship, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Pres can do for you, please reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2021 and produced by the media ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.